if you're following along with us, we are on page 300, the very bottom. And this is the chapter, Materializing a Palace in the Himalayas. It's been beautiful thus far, just being drawn and thinking from the perspective of each of us as devotees. Perhaps we've not had the spectacular experience that Lahiri Mahashaya had to be called up to the mountains, to the cage by Babaji himself. But we've all had the spectacular experience to be called from within our souls to committedly give ourselves to a search that is so much greater than us, a search for truth so far beyond what the world will offer us. And a lot of us aren't prepared enough, purified enough to in fact have the experience Lahiri Mahashaya did. But it awaits us all. And the reason for these stories and the reason for this book and for many like it is for us to try to put ourselves there try to experience through their experience because there's there's no ego in the saints to hold the experience to themselves because they're united to all their disciples that experience translates and transmits right through to each one of us if we get into their consciousness if our attunement with them begins to grow and perfect so look at these stories, not just, ah, oh, how lovely, or, you know, oh, my guru had this wonderful experience. Look at it from the perspective of a true disciple. How can I draw that same experience? Because my guru, he didn't go through it. Lahiri Mahasaya Babaji, they're not playing this game for themselves. They don't have any reason to play through these experiences. All of that is for us. They're waiting for that same experience to transmit through them into us and so let's try to feel it that way from that perspective so here we are Lenry Mahashaya playing the innocent I don't know what's going on over here I am getting late I need to go to the office and then of course Babaji as it says over here the saint approached and struck me gently on the forehead at his magnetic touch a wondrous current swept through my brain releasing the sweet seed memories of my previous life. This is where we left it. And Narayani had shared just the beauty of what that moment would have been to have been with Babaji. But in addition, we need to see the same touch that Babaji is given to Lahari Masha as the touch we receive every day during our meditations. This is what meditation is. All the prana, all our life current sweeps up into the brain, releasing the sweet seed memories, not just of our previous lives, but of our infinite existence. That's what meditation is. And that's what the saint, in this particular case, Babaji, that's what the saints do. When there is enough current flowing in our spine, in our body, when there is enough life force under our control already, then they can kind of help, kind of magnetize that just a little bit more. What our own meditation thus far hasn't been able to do. But every day in our meditation, every time we sit, this is what is happening. That magnetic touch suddenly lifts that current up through our brain, releasing the sweet seed memories. That's what's happening. Cleansing the brain of everything else that we've added on to it. Entering into the subconscious and bringing out from the subconscious into the conscious mind, lifting it up through the superconscious experience until we can see the united flow of every life, of every thought, of every action, cause and effect becomes such a clear reality for us. No more are we saying, why is this happening and why is that happening and I've been good, but why does this always happen to me? suddenly everything becomes clear and that's where Lahiri Mahashaya finds himself right now in that moment that each of us have the potential to live every day I remember my voice was half choked with joyous sobs you are my Guru Babaji who has belonged to me always and that's another mm -hmm. very 
and a poignant moment for a disciple. It takes a while, you know, in the beginning, we're not sure, we've read a lot, we've, I feel a connection here and I feel a connection here and somehow this guy is calling me a little more and we're not quite sure and our intellect kind of plays this whole game of who's right for me and, but we've forgotten that our Guru has belonged to us always. <laughs> there is no, I'm going to choose in this life, you know, door number three ke piche kya hai. It's none of that. He has belonged to you always. And as a disciple, even while we're kind of walking the path of discipleship, that's what we're trying to get back to, that memory. You have belonged to me always. We had a and somewhat comical a conversation, hard to call it comical though because there was a little tragedy involved in it. Um, friends of ours just lost their cat. He kind of got onto the balcony to live on the 19th floor and you know he just fell. And it was a, we were here meditating and just after our morning meditation we, uh, the news arrived and uh, you know it just hurts because anybody, anything that you've loved so much to suddenly just lose it and so kind of suddenly in, in such a surprise but we went and visited them right after soon after and you know fortunately they're yogis so they know exactly this flow you know the little pain exists but also the greater reality is stronger than that momentary pain but we were just kind of sharing and wondering like maybe we were cats or little <laughs> pets of Yogananda's at some point and who knows how long that bond has been going on and we were joking that you know when your cat returns maybe by that time you will be the saint guiding his journey and we just don't know what that journey truly is but what we do know or what we at least have to arrive at is you have belonged to me always that there's never been a moment unbroken through eternity where you and I have not been one and the same. And that's a, I mean, these are little things that we want to work to develop, not just in my meditation. I want to, you know, see these lights and hear these sounds and get to these samadhi experiences. Just opening up the realization of that relationship and how sweet it is and how powerful it is. I was thinking that we can bring this memory back daily. Every moment that we feel I feel out of place, or I feel something is off, or I feel this person is not giving me the attention that I deserve, and or I feel, you know, they are not including me enough, or whatever that might be. All of us go through that. That's a perfect moment to remind yourself, where do I really belong? To my guru. And bring yourself back to that remembrance, to that memory, to that consciousness, to that vibration, where ultimately you will feel in every cell of your body, this is where I belong, this is where I should be, this is where my energy needs to be always in this particular ray of consciousness. And if we go through life, inside that ray. Uh, I think many of the issues that the ego goes through wouldn't exist that often in our daily lives. So I would say like this is something I would like to practice even much more consciously daily. You know, whenever there is a moment that I feel a little bit, you know, lost, and not necessarily lost, it's that sense like, where do I fit in this situation? Where? I fit in my guru, within my guru, and bring him back right there to your consciousness. And then everything will make sense and you will feel like, wow, you know, as long as I'm united with that, I belong anywhere, everywhere, as long as I'm with my guru. Scenes of the past vividly in my mind here, sorry, scenes of the past arise vividly in my mind. Here in this cave, I spent many years of my last incarnation. An ineffable recollection overwhelmed me and I tearfully embraced my master's feet. 
you can just see this whole mm-hmm. thing playing out, can't you? And then Babaji says, For more than three decades I have waited for you here, waited for you to return to me. Babaji's voice rang with celestial love. You slipped away and vanished into the tumultuous waves of the life beyond death. The magic wand of your karma touched you and you were gone. Though you lost sight of me, never did I lose sight of you. It's the same promise mm-hmm. Krishna makes in the Gita. Yeah. Arjuna, my devotees are never lost. He who sees me always, I watch him always. He never loses sight of me, nor I lose sight of him. And that's what Babaji is reminding Lahari right here. I pursued you over the luminescent astral sea where the glorious angels, angels sail. Through gloom, storm, upheaval and light, I followed you like a mother bird guarding her young. As you lived out your human term of womb life and emerged a babe, my eye was ever on you. When you covered your tiny form in the lotus posture under the Nadia sands in your childhood, I was invisibly present. Patiently, month after month, Year after year, I have watched over you, waiting for this perfect day. Mm. These are the conversations our Guru is having with us. But, you know, we're a little busy with <laughs> we're a little something busy, else. Busy with our phones and busy with the next whatever new thing happening around us. Busy with wondering about, you know, the viruses abound or what decisions to make. Just busy, 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 busy. And there he is, you know, probably right here, right now, mm-hmm. watching each of us being busy and saying, all right, it's not the perfect moment yet. I can't call him because, like we said in the previous, you know, just the previous page in our last class, Lahiri, Lahiri, he was hearing that voice of Babaji's and only because he heard the voice he went up that particular trail and we were kind of making a presumption there that our voice is being called all the time but we're just not able to hear it. When we hear it, that's when we know, how I'm ready. When that intuitive call comes from inside and says Shujo, Narayani, Mayra, whoever, then when we hear it, but their presence has been with us always, through everything, through thick and thin, through gloom and doom, (laughs) you know, beyond the astral's luminescency, whether in life, whether in death, Babaji's gaze, not for a moment, leaving Lahiri Mahashaya, no matter where he went, no matter where his soul travelled to, I mean, that's the kind of Wow, I can't believe what my guru is doing for me all the time. That's where you just fall on your feet and down on your knees in all humility and say, what have I been doing all this while? Knowing that he's been beside me all this time, knowing that he's been watching me in every moment of my life. What have I been doing? Yet the guru is not, you know, nowhere is he saying, well, Lahiri, I was there, but you didn't see me, and I was doing this, and you weren't there. Nothing. No judgment. No unnecessary drama. Just, I was there. And just the Guru is so happy just to know that I was there. Wherever you were, I was with you. And that makes the Guru just happy. Because he's fulfilling his own responsibility given to him by God. And then he says, and I waited for the perfect moment. And for each of us, we need to be relaxed in that. Yeah. Our perfect moment will come. Our perfect moment has come for those of us who need no outer, you know, we don't need Yoganandaji to walk through that door today. Because he lives in us day by day, stronger and stronger. Nothing outside anymore is needed to awaken those sweet seed memories. It'll always be nice if he decides to come. Yes. But we won't coax him. We'll let him choose if our perfect moment has arrived. I like this word, which I think is key. Patiently. I mean, I have waited patiently. I didn't push your karma to be resolved sooner. I didn't take this obstacle from your life. I just stepped stepped back, watched over you, 
patiently until you had to resolve certain things, to take over certain responsibilities. I patiently watched over you, didn't interfere in the process until you karmically became ready for my presence and to offer your life completely to me. I was thinking like, wow, uh, I have not that kind of patience. <laughs> and it's so important to be patient with ourselves as well. We are constantly measuring our spiritual progress by, you know, so many insignificant things where sometimes we don't realize how close, how close we are. Uh, Yogananda, I don't know where I heard this, but he said that you, you, start, you end your life with Kriya Yoga. You don't start the spiritual path with Kriya Yoga, but you end with Kriya Yoga, which means we are already so close especially those who are committed to a particular path, who are practicing already Kriya Yoga. And still, Master, your Guru is patiently waiting for our final freedom. I mean, I don't know how long that will take, but the very thought that he's not going to give up on us, no matter how naughty, no matter how you know, stubborn, no matter how, you know, difficult we are, he's going to be there forever. Not only year after year, but incarnation after incarnation, we will be born uh, from different mothers, we will be born in different countries, uh, different nationalities, and he will be watching over us until you know, we become united with the divine. I mean, it's hard even to comprehend the kind of love that the guru shows to his disciples. And he's doing the same for billions of his disciples all over the world, and perhaps in other planets as well. So um, something to just contemplate the fascinating path of discipleship is so intimate, so unique, so precious. Now you are with me. Lo, here is your cave, loved of your I have kept it ever clean and ready for you. That's another very sweet mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And not because, oh, look how sweet Babaji kept it clean and ready. I have kept it ever clean and ready for you because the Guru is ever ready ki abhi The Guru is not like, I'll clean it, you know, six lifetimes from now. I have kept it ever clean and ready for you because I have so much faith in you, tomorrow you might come, day after you might come, right now you might come. It doesn't matter if your trajectory shows that you're going to take 600 more whatevers. But I keep it ever clean, ever ready. Because again, my disciples are never lost over Juna. There's always the opportunity for each of us, no matter where we think we are, with the power of our own God-given will to make that final leap. To work at uniting. No matter what you think you've done thus far, as Sri Yukteswar says, the past lives of all men, and he's counting all saints in this reality, are dark with many shames. Mm. You know, everything will improve in the future if you make the spiritual effort now, and that's something we have to remember. The Guru is just ever ready. He's just there. He's not just patiently waiting on the couch, sitting and saying, hey, thoda time like, guys, go. He's just ready for you. The moment you call on him, boom, he'll pick that consciousness up. He'll enter into it. 
and take you wherever you are able to in that moment allow him to take you so we unfortunately played too big a role in this process i wish he could do more but he won't impede on our free will in any possible way but just that sweetness i've kept it ever ready ever clean because i didn't know when you would come you could have come 10 years ago but now you've come and to him it makes no difference he doesn't say i wish you had come earlier he just knows this was the perfect timing that was ideal for everything to play out not just lahari mashaa's own process everything else that was not going to play out where you i and we are sitting now because of that one perfect moment your perfect moment will determine not just your own spiritual process but you don't know how it's going to go and affect so many other people whether it does or doesn't really isn't important but the truth is it does because we're all connected even if we don't know it here is your hallowed asan blanket where you sat daily to fill your expanding heart with god behold there your bowl from which you drank often drank the nectar prepared by me see how i have kept the brass cup brightly polished that you might drink again therefrom my own do you now understand you just wow mm. so sweet so sweet we don't think mm. of babaji that way do no, we no we don't but we just reading this and just it's motherly yeah. kind of energy i was thinking like wow here we have babaji getting things ready for us i mean for you for you for you for you for me hopefully <laughs> daily just daily not every couple of months just daily in case now is the moment as you were saying let's turn the things around what are we keeping ready and clean and perfectly arranged and ready in case babaji comes what what are we keeping ready in our lives in our heart is our mind ready is our heart purified does our heart ha- have enough love to share i mean what are we keeping ready what are we working on what are we cleaning daily within our consciousness in case that babaji lahiri mahashaya christ yogananda decide to come into our meditation room into our lives i mean what are we consciously keeping ready open for the guru and that's something that if babaji does it for us maybe we should find ways to do it ourselves on a daily basis and not just through our meditation practices that's just a very tiny aspect of the spiritual path i mean what are we doing you know during those 18 hours are we getting ready just in case baba ji comes and i think something this is something that um, will be good also to see what areas of our lives or our practices or our interactions or our thoughts or our way to communicate i mean our homes i mean what are we keeping ready spotless for the guru brightly polished brightly polished that would be a good one for the ego <laughs> like get a little clock in there interesting that you're talking about just meditation and the rest of the time in so many of these stories you see that moment of cosmic consciousness or that opening of awareness it didn't come during the meditation per se not to diminish the power that helped build that reality mm-hmm. but yogananda as well he was having that really restless meditation and his guru says come come and you know then he finally comes and he's like what i was meditating there and shivdev was like yeah i know i know how much you were meditating and boom he taps him on the heart and he 
gives him that lovely experience. The same uh, Master Mahashaya does for Yogananda mm-hmm. GP4. Here now, for Lahiri, again, boom. You know, it's like the awareness has to be ready, as Narayani said, not just in that moment. That moment is our is the time where we better be extremely ready. I mean, even in our meditations, we're like half the time all over the place. The one time where we think and we say and we kind of promise our mind and our heart that says, this time is for God, even that we're not able to give Him. Even that two hours or hour and a half or whatever it is that you're sitting, 15 minutes, even that's just, just a tiny portion of it is actually being prepared. So focus first on that and say, can I prepare half an hour? you know, entirely, and then start to really draw it and say, okay, how can I make this half an hour more? How can I make it more and more so that when that moment comes, that touch comes, you know, when it will descend, it will only come when you're ready in that particular moment. So yeah, brightly polished, (laughs) swept clean. My guru, what can I say? I murmured brokenly. Where has one ever heard of such deathless love? I gazed long and ecstatically on my eternal treasure, my guru in life and death, my eternal treasure. Lahiri, you need purification. Drink the oil in this bowl and lie down by the river. Babaji's practical wisdom, I reflected with a quick reminiscent smile was ever to the fore. I obeyed his directions. Through the icy Himalayan night, though the icy Himalayan night was descending, a comforting warmth and inner radiation began to pulsate in every cell of my body. I marveled. Was the unknown oil endued with a cosmical heat? Bitter winds whipped around me in the darkness, shrieking a fierce challenge. The chill wavelets of the Gogash River lapped now and then over my body, outstretched on the rocky bank. Tigers howled nearby, but my heart was free of fear. The radiant force newly generated within me conveyed an assurance of unassailable protection. This line right here, Lahiri, you need purification, is again very, very important for each of us. We all need purification. Here he is, I've touched you, you've remembered all your lifetime's memory, you've awakened into the realization that you've always had. Yet, before Babaji was ready to initiate Lahiri Masha into Kriya Yoga says you need purification. Now, mm-hmm. for Lahiri Masha, that purification was drink the soil, lie down over here for a few hours. For us, that purification is a little more than just drinking some oil and lying down in cold water. Our purification can last lifetimes, our purification can last years, mm-hmm. it can last till the very end of this life, and then perhaps a lot of us who are even practicing Kriya, to a certain degree, we're still just purifying ourselves. Mm-hmm until that true inner Kriya just naturally comes about. So we have to look at everything that we do as a part of this purification. Any tapasya we have to go through, this is Babaji's purification. Any little trouble that you're experiencing in life, this is Babaji's purification. Any restless meditation you're having, this is Babaji's purification. Because what's important here is the oil that we drink imbued with God's grace, with Babaji's presence. If we drink the oil, then we can lie down in icy waters, we can have tigers roaming around, we can, you know, be in a state where otherwise we would be highly uncomfortable, fearful. But if we have that oil, and this is the oil of our own devotion, of our meditation practice, the oil of our constant awareness of the kutasta, whatever it takes for us to, as we were first talking about in Narayani said, get in alignment, get in the Guru's vibration. But purification has to go through. In fact, here, Lahiri puts it beautifully, you know, like purification is challenging. You know, the challenge is involved. 
I mean, purification doesn't come easily, otherwise it wouldn't be purification. Purification of the body, of the mind, of the soul, of our emotions, I mean, our desires. Purification always is challenging. So I was remembering now when you were saying that now, from now on, every time I find myself in a difficult situation, I'm going to say, yes, <laughs> purification <laughs> time. <laughs> and it can be quite exciting because then everything is purifying. That means like, wow, my guru is really interested in my evolution. So I love the fact that that purification is always going to be challenging. So don't get discouraged if you are going through a rough period because perhaps you need to be purified and ready for your next step, your next initiation into something else because we are constantly being initiated into higher states of unconditional love, patience, kindness, generosity, you know, compassion, and, and every day almost we are being asked to be initiated into deeper aspects of our being. And, and I love that concept. But then Lahiri Mahashaya shares the secret of how to go through that purification, through that challenging time. And he says, my heart was free of fear. And no matter what we go through, how ugly it gets, how unknown we get to see that situation, how many things are taken away, if we develop first a deep trust, deep trust, deep love for our guru and his wisdom, we will be able to go through those challenging times free from fear. Someone asked Swami Kriyananda that, how can I overcome fear and challenging times? And Swami Kriyananda replied, by love, only love. So yeah, my heart was free of fear. And I think that will be the the ingredient to really go through life and overcome obstacles, developing that courageous heart. I live without fear. And especially also for those of us who are maybe preparing ourselves for Kriya, focus on that purification now mm -hmm. more so. Don't be impatient when is this magical you know, technique going to be given to me because the technique only works when there's space in our being, which means we've been purified of everything else for that energy, for that life force, for that prana to truly move. Just as we saw, that current goes into the brain, releasing those sweet seed memories. Right now, we're chock full of so many vritti, so many desires, so many karmic patterns that we've not really worked on purifying as much. So focus on purification. This is a kind of a nice reminder for all of us, whether we're already practicing Kriya or not, whether we meditate or not, whether we have what we think we need in this life or not. Focus on purification. And then what needs to be given in initiation, as Narayani said, in those higher states of awareness, only then can that come as well. Several hours passed swiftly. Faded memories of another life wove themselves into the present brilliant pattern of reunion with my divine guru. My solitary musings were interrupted by the sound of approaching footsteps. In the darkness, a man's hand gently helped me to my feet and gave me some dry clothing. Come, brother, my companion said. The master awaits you. He led the way through the forest. The somber night was suddenly lit by a steady luminosity in the distance. Can that be the sunrise, I inquired? Surely the whole night has not passed. The hour is midnight, my guide laughed softly. Yonder light is the glow of a golden palace, materialized here tonight by the peerless Babaji. In the dim past, 
you once expressed a desire to enjoy the beauties of a palace. Our master is now satisfying your wish, thus freeing you from the bonds of karma. Just take a moment over yeah. there. <laughs> In the dim past, yeah, you know, just like so much. God knows when you may. Just like you once expressed a desire to enjoy. Like I could have been like having tea with Narayan. He's like, yeah. oh, it would be nice to have a golden yeah. palace someday. And then yeah. we're just going on about our lives. And yeah. never again have I yes, thought about it. But that exactly. one yeah. expression of that one moment. As Swamiji, as a young monk, once asked, Master, he says, does every desire have to be satisfied? And Master says, oh yes. He says, even the desire for an ice cream? Isn't that as well? <laughs> it's just like, no matter what we put out into this universe, the universe is obligated to fulfill it for us. Which is both a great thing, from one perspective, mm-hmm. you know, every desire you have will be fulfilled, but it also is a not so great thing because then you have to live through yeah. those gazillion lives just because you put that energy out there and now you're bound by it. The universe is bound to you by it. You're less bound, but the universe is obligated. So the universe says, debt hai. I'm going to pay it. You put this energy out, you're going to receive mm-hmm. it. On the flip side, that means our desire for God too will be fulfilled no matter what. Once you expressed it, even if you expressed it in the dim past as a passing remark, hmm, would be nice to have God someday. That's it. The universe is obligated now to give you that experience. And as we grow that desire more and more, that obligation of the universe only increases. And the beauty of this desireless desire, as Yogananda that you would call it, is that it can draw into it many of those desires because the desire for that final experience is a desire for bliss, for that ultimate state of fulfillment which every desire has behind it. That ice cream is also for a little fulfillment. That relationship is also for a little fulfillment. That money is also for the happiness and fulfillment. So when you start to realize that the only desire I truly have Taking on these thousands and millions of expression is for that rest. That state of rest. Everything we do is for that state of rest. We work through the entire day for that state of rest in the evening. We live through an entire life for the state of rest in death. We work hard at work for the state of rest of retirement or the state of rest where we're like, finally I can take a vacation after this work. We're all working towards, we work hard and break our backs and bones for the hope that one day I won't have to work again. Because that state of rest is innate within us. We long for it. We just don't know what that state of rest is. And that's what's going to happen to each of us in the dim past. We once expressed a desire to enjoy the beauties of a palace. That's it. They didn't? Not even like, I want a palace, I want a palace, (laughs) and I really, really want a palace. They want to enjoy the beauties of a palace. Didn't Master said, I don't know if it was Master or Swamiji, that Lahiri Mahashaya in a previous incarnation was was King Janaka, Mm -hmm. and maybe that, that could have been perhaps the memory or the hidden desire in his subconscious that once, you know, he expressed that. Because sometimes many of the desires that we think we have are not even from this lifetime, are desires that we carry from the past, from something that we longed it for and we didn't have it. And perhaps in this lifetime, we kind of express it, but has nothing to do with us not uh, even part of our dharma in this lifetime, but something that has been unresolved and fulfilled, and somehow until we don't go through it, it won't. If you want to read the last uh, paragraph, and mm. I will add something else. So yeah, Master did mm. say that Lahiri Mahasaya was King uh, Janaka. I wanted to mention that as well. Those of you who know, he was the father of Sita. So this mm. was during the period of the Ramayana. Our master is now satisfying your wish, thus freeing you from the bonds of karma. He added, the magnificent palace will be the scene of your initiation tonight into Kriya Yoga. 
All your brothers are here to join you. Join in a pain, I don't know what that word is, of welcome. Rejoicing at the end of your long exile. Behold. Is that what you want me to stop? Yes. <laughs> I was thinking that, wow, I mean, how these masters, you know, help us to fulfill desires in a way that the desire not only needs to be fulfilled personally for us, but he uses that desire in a way that it also has a purpose. You know, Lahiri Mahashaya had the desire for a palace, and Babaji had to initiate Lahiri Mahashaya uh, into Kriya. So he put these two things together and fulfilling both aspects of his discipleship, of his initiation, and boom, the desire was fulfilled at that level where the ego wasn't involved. And I was thinking, Master is doing the same with each one of us. Uh, I have a little desire there. Little. For, <laughs> not <laughs> desire, but I really enjoy beautiful homes. It's something that energizes me, expands my energy, brings me newer ideas, creativity. It really expands my consciousness. I don't know, I just serve and give better to others. So, so for me, I have found that in this lifetime, to be in an uplifting environment really helps even my own discipleship. And I was thinking, wow, now we live in this beautiful ashram. So that desire for beautiful homes and uplifting places is being fulfilled, but not just for myself personally. Others can enjoy as well and can be part of this desire and can be also touched by the beauty of it and uplifted and feel the same kind of energy. And I love how the guru, you know, brings these two aspects and doesn't make it personally, doesn't make it bonding, doesn't make it as, as I need to be attached now to these physical places. He materializes this ashram for us, for me. I enjoy it. I live through it. I share it with others. And then when the time for that palace, for this ashram needs to be dematerialized, that's it. I have fulfilled that desire without attachment. And I think this is also a very subtle aspect that how the guru works and purify our desires. And he will find a way to do the same with you if you are inclined you know, to, toward arts, toward education, toward business, toward, you know, he will use that desire and will create a context for you to fulfill that desire, but in a very uplifted and more freeing way rather than bonding. A vast palace of dazzling gold. Oh, before I go, add one thought. Just that little, all your brothers are here to join you in this. Um, you know, whenever we have Kriya initiations, how important it is for those of us who already have been initiated into Kriya to be present. It's a very, very important aspect of the initiation. Babaji didn't just have mm -hmm. Lady Masha, just you and me, yellow. You know, mm -hmm. he, he created an entire party out of it. He called all mm -hmm. the saints from the astral world and he said, come everybody because your brother finally after incarnations of exile as the, the way they put it although you know we know that's not entirely true for Larry Mashaya but certainly true for us there he is now he's come to this point welcome him add to that moment add your vibration and your power and the power of your own practices into this moment and that's very very important mm -hmm. so we especially those of us already as Kriyagans any opportunity we get to attend an initiation, we need to be there. We need to be there for ourselves, we mm -hmm. need to be there for Babaji, and we need to be there to welcome our brothers and sisters.
after that long exile. A vast palace of dazzling gold stood before us, studded with countless jewels and set amidst landscaped gardens. It presented a spectacle of unparalleled grandeur. Saints of angelic countenance were stationed by resplendent gates, half reddened by the glitter of rubies. Diamonds, pearls, sapphires, and emeralds of great size and luster were embedded in the decorative arches. I followed my companion into a spacious reception hall. The odor of incense and of roses wafted through the air. Dim lamps shed a multicolored glow. Small groups of devotees, some fair, some dark-skinned, chanted musically or sat in meditative posture, immersed in an inner peace. A vibrant joy pervaded the atmosphere. Again, just it's so descriptive mm -hmm. so that we can really place ourselves right there, just experiencing it, feeling it, trying to draw on that moment, trying to feel that Hari Mahasaya's consciousness as he was preparing to receive this. And when we do our initiations, uh, we've not yet learned the art of materializing golden mm -hmm. palaces, but we also try our best to just make it as just uplifting, beautiful, as mesmerizing in its simplicity as we possibly can. But I was just thinking about this, you know, here you create this vast palace and then you're walking through it and it's just studded, studded with diamonds and rubies and emeralds. If I were there, I would be creating many more desires in that moment. <laughs> the rubies, oh, emeralds, you know, it's just like you have to really be free in order for these desires to be fulfilled in that highest level. For Babaji knew this is it for Lahiri Mahashaya. If he goes in, suddenly knows that desire. This is what happens to us, right? A desire comes, rather than it being fulfilled, it strengthens. And then we're bound to it even more. We eat that one ice cream cone and rather than saying, oh yeah, ice cream, we say, oh, next time I have to try that great flavor or next time, whatever it is, you know, next time I should get two scoops. I only got one scoop this time. And that's how we are, just desire, we just think, if we only can have more of which makes us happy, conditionally, we'd be happier. It just doesn't work that way. You can keep having more and more and more. And to be able to walk in complete freedom, all these saints, all these devotees, to walk in complete freedom, to be surrounded by that which we think is the highest epitome of, you know, what this world has to offer to us, riches and beauty, and just be untouched by it. That, that's the test of a devotee, walking through life. Everything can be around you. Beautiful homes can be around you. Wonderful relationships can be around you. Difficult relationships can be around you, yet to remain untouched by every one of those experiences. That's what that purification is. That's when you know you've achieved purification. That's when you know you're truly ready to be initiated. And that'll be a higher initiation that will come directly from God and Guru. But until the meantime, we need mm. our own techniques. We need many different ways to allow for that purification to happen. And that's what our daily practices, our sadhanas, our attitudes, our awareness, our perspectives are about. Constantly purifying until we too can walk through that golden palace and never for a moment does our mind shift from Babaji in front the of goal. us. Mm. And that's the goal. I was also thinking about this line of who were there? I mean, saints, small group of devotees, some fair, some dark-skinned. Dark so well, I don't remember. <laughs> Babaji needs to touch me for give me that memory. But I was thinking that, again, you can see in, in some sentences the unity between, you know, East and West, the kind of devotees, the kind of saints, you know, just different nationalities, different faces, different color of skin, just gives you a glimpse that this work 
these masters, you know, are coming together united. Christ and Krishna and Babaji and all these, you know, Kriya Yoga masters that are holding and keeping this world moving forward. I mean, I, I, I like that, that once again, he, he brought up, you know, the, the variety and the unity in that variety. And perhaps, you know, different uh, saints from different paths, but yet united in the power of a spiritual technique, a spiritual practice that can bring salvation to, to each human being. So yeah, that little line that I felt like so beautiful, no? like see different saints from all of them supporting Lahiri Mahashaya, which ultimately they were supporting us who came after him. Well, that's a lovely place to close. Us, the devotees, hopefully one day we'll be at that golden palace. <laughs> Light-skinned and dark-skinned skin, together. Yes. At least the skin, we already have because it. the skin part figured out. <laughs> now let's just get the consciousness part figured out. It needs to start from somewhere. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you. thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Tomorrow morning, we're going to have our Janmashtami mm. celebration with Lokirtan meditation. Just sing and sing and open and just live in the joy of Krishna being born, you know, in our hearts, in this world. Try to really draw on that consciousness. Wherever Adharma is in the rise and virtue declines, I incarnate again and again, you know, to re-establish virtue and dharma. So let's I think this could be a good time for Krishna to <laughs> decide to come back again. And it's our it's our kind of you can say responsibility not to invite him in the same form or as that one person, but an opportunity to keep things ready. To keep in, things ready and in case. Nice and swept, <laughs> yes. brightly polished as Babaji did for Lekhri Mahashaya. God bless Thank you, you all. Jai Guru. Jai Guru. Thank you everyone.